Hello and welcome to the 6++ Plus Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and assault intercessors with jump packs to that 6++ Plus show. I am your host, Tom, and I am back after a little adventure off to other parts of the world to do some work and then some holidaying. Um, it's been a little while, so thank you very much to Ed for covering for me, and I'm really excited to be back. We are, of course, a 40k podcast brought to you by the lovely Bang Average players of UK Wargaming Team 6++. We'll be covering uh, hobby, we'll be covering some strategy, tactics, talking generally and doing some questions. Um, hopefully, if you're a fan of 40k of all different types, there'll be something here for you, whether you're a lovely, fluffy, casual player or a stone-cold killer uh, we will try and cover some needs. So what's going to happen today is we're going to introduce our cast of players, talk through uh, what's been happening with the channel, and then we'll be discussing new metas, unsolved metas, new territories, and how you as a player of any kind uh, can navigate and deal with a big change and shake up in the game. Um, but first things first, let's do Hobby Roundup. So I am, as ever, joined by my dear leader, Chris. Chris, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I am excellent, yes. Rejuvenated, ready to go, ready to play 10th edition. Um, what is new in your 40k life? Absolutely nothing. Nothing at all? from Chris's stress, Tom. Okay. Because, um, <laughs> I, on my phone, have quite a lot of lists being built at the moment, mm-hmm. and none of them are ringing true to me. And we're running out of time. We are. LGT is very soon. <laughs> Yeah. And I have literally no idea what um, a barring fact I'll be taking held up. Literally no idea. Now, obviously, there are those who say you can put anything in that book and you'll do well. Well, I can tell you for free that it's not true. It's not I got true. smashed by Custodius the other day. So, <laughs> therefore, you're wrong. Um, so, no, I'm, uh, I'm very much in this testing um, out phase, trying to work out the direction I want to go. There are so many different ways. You, know, you can go double avatar, you can go no avatar. Um, so basically, I'm spending my hobby time list building and crying. Yeah, oh, I, t- I totally empathise. Browsing discords and internets to see if anyone's got any list that I like to sell. Yes, uh, yeah. We're, we're get, you know, I've got some ideas, but we're, um, it's hard to notice. I think, especially when you're trying to build for a meta, we're like, right, I need to be able to take on Horde of Tyranids. I need to be able to take on these Necrons. And also, um, there might well be three Land Raiders on the other side of the table. <laughs> uh, I, I could face anything at LQT. So what do you do? Do you just go, you know, like a mix of everything and be a bit weak into everything? Or do you just mm. go and try and skew for this? Just as well, we'll be discussing it today, I imagine. I was going to say, you sound like the ideal person <laughs> for, for the episode that we have in mind. We can help you, Chris, and by <laughs> extension, everybody else. And this is this is our captain, and that, no, I think we're all dealing with this. And that actually, it's one of the most exciting things about ODT this year is the fact that we've had like a hand grenade data slate dropped on us just before it, because it does mean that there's a lot of stuff in flux. Um, but it also means that, yeah, for those of us who'd like to know what's going on, uh, it's just very hard <laughs> to know what's going on. And we'll get into that. Um, and I think letting go is actually part of this. Um, and, and and sort of going with the chaos is definitely going to be one of the recurring themes um, for me. Um, next up, 
a man I have spent most of the day with. It is the wonderful Scrivo. <laughs> How are you doing, Scrivo? He's behind oh you. Did you, did, like, did you have a nice two hours off before you were um, back in my company? <laughs> yeah, I, watched, I, I did some grown-up things like cooking myself dinner and mm-hmm. watching Star Wars cartoons. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, it was nice. good. Very Sorry. good, very good. And what's new in your hobby life, Scrivo? Uh, I not long finished painting a Land Raider Redeemer that I obviously have not just bought. Land Raider Redeemer, Redeemer. That's a that's a tank I've not heard much about lately. Yeah, and I've got no oil all over my hands because I was painting uh, or washing some eradicators before the stream. So, oh, lovely. Because I can't very, have very unpainted nice. models. So, no, absolutely not. Um, Scriver and I had a lovely game at Darkfire Cafe today, so shout out to Steve of Darkfire Cafe. Thanks very much for having us. Really, really lovely venue. Um, very, very nice. Can't recommend it enough if you want to have a pickup game. What they've done is they've got UKTC boards, but he's made a lot of effort to actually make them look very pretty and thematic. So we played on a lovely stained glass sort of UKTC board today where it was all like little church buildings and stuff. Um, so you managed to actually get your comp practice whilst actually still feeling like you're playing a, a game that looks nice. It's pretty good. And standing height as well. So you're not uh, Yeah, standing height, eating. tables. Oh, oh. It's- Game changer. It is very good. And I managed not to spend too much money. I did buy White Dwarf. I haven't bought White Dwarf in ages. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Going to have a read of that. Excellent. And then finally, to round out our all-star lineup, we have the wonderful Lewis. How are you doing, Lewis? Hello, Tom. Welcome back. Good Thank to you. have you back. Thank you. Yeah, I know, Ed. We can't stand Ed, so it's good to have Ed driven out. Driven out, no longer in charge. No we'll longer never see in him control. again, and yeah. we'll all be better that's, for it. That's hey. the end of it. That's the end of it. Yeah, exactly. No idea. Never heard of him. Um, no, and also, this is Ed. Thank you very much for covering. Um, so, Lewis, what is new in your hobby life? I guess as a NIDS player, probably not much has changed. Not a huge amount's changed, especially because I'm going to be continuing to use Invasion Fleet Detachment for the LGT. <laughs> so, um, but I think Great. I'm now in a position where I'm ready for the LGT, roughly. I've got a list in mind. I know what I'm going to do. So, that's I'm feeling weirdly calm for the mm. next couple of weeks. It's just going to get a few more practice games in and then see how we go. Um, so, my hobby time at the moment has really been actually spent on a different game. What? I, I won't been, hear it. I, unacceptable. Leave the <laughs> podcast now. Uh, no, I have been. I have been preparing for my first ever attempt at being a dungeon master this weekend Ooh. for a session of D and D. That comes later, Chris. You'll find that out tomorrow. One for initiative. Do you have? Do you have any? Um, have any spoilers about your campaign? What? What sort of a campaign um, is it? It's going to be a one shot. So okay, okay. playing with me, who's never DM before, and three players who've never played the game before. So I'm cutting back massively on a lot of the rules and mm-hmm. character sheets and things like that. So it's all very simplified, all really cut down, just so we can kind of get through the kind of the basics of how to role play and how to do combat and things like that. So I don't know how it will go. I think I'm going to try and be quite a, quite a descriptive DM. I've obviously listened to Critical Role and some of the other podcasts. So once you finish listening to all the 6++ content, there are some great D&D podcasts out there. Um, there is. So I've been listening to them and how they do it and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, they make it a bit more kind of cinematic. So I'm trying to go more down that road rather than a kind of mechanical sort of yeah, game. Yeah, I, so I really we'll like that kind of theatre of the mind style approach. I think that's really nice because it kind of encourages the role playing rather than like the mechanic sort of gameplay style of it, which I think D&D just isn't quite as good as, you know, a 40k or an OS for that exactly. anyway. So you, you don't want to get too distracted by the mechanics of the game. No, 100%. And I think the, the, we all know each other really, really well. So it's not like we're, we're new people that would be nervous around each other. But I think, yeah. um, especially for my other half and, and her best friend, Hannah, who are going to be doing the uh, doing the game for the first time, I think for them, 
kind of the role-playing side might feel a little bit awkward. So I don't know whether mm. I want to go too far down that road and they're going to be a bit <laughs> weirded out by the fact that they're pretending to be characters yeah. or whether it will go really, really well. But we shall see. Absolutely. We'll Got to get in, get in the room and find out. No, that's awesome. Okay, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice because we'll be talking about Police Roundup in a second. And one of the things we've got scheduled for the pipeline, my very good friend, John Foxwell, who's a master DM, John can attest because we've played in his worlds before. He's a, a, a sort of, he's actually a game designer, so he knows his his games. Um, and I messaged him and asked if he'd like to run a little one shot for some six plus plus players at some point so that we could make a little bit of extra content for the Patreon in which several of us take on some battles out there. If it's a success, I might try and get him to do a 40k one in the future, try and see if we can manage to design some kind of 40k based D&D. But we'll see how that goes. Hell yeah. But that's something you can expect for the future. If you're, if you're not bored of us talking nerdly about stuff, we'll find new ways uh, of doing that. Um, before we go to the police round, I'm just going to go through the chat because the chat is on fire. Everyone is going off in here. Hello, everybody. This is very exciting. Is Since there more than four people? That's the question. I count at that least That is our classification at least of on five. Fire. There's at least five. <laughs> Sindri says that they took the day off work uh, to catch this live. That's amazing. Glad that you're here. I hope you're enjoying your well, day. Well, they posted that three hours ago. Oh, was it three hours ago? Oh, oh, yeah. I hope you're still here now. Because um, <laughs> otherwise you failed in your own stated goals. And we don't love that. That's always that's always sad. Um, Scrivo is chatting because, of course, he is. He can't just be on the show. Bread says, <laughs> let's go. I'm, I'm glad that Bread's a fan of the show. I'm certainly a fan of Bread. Um, Jack is here, says, hey, all. Pickalax says, evening, everyone. Swissly. Davy is here. Davy, you've got to go be a parent. Don't watch this. Go and go and be a parent. Um, Sean Capewell's in, and lots of love for Darkfire Cafe in the chat. Um, let's not just let's not just um, uh, gloss over Sean Capewell's comment. What did he say? Oh, four of the most sexy people. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not exactly. Wrong. He's not wrong. And you're right, Sean. Steve will bring you drinks. He'll bring you food. He's a good lad. He's very very good. And Paint Celestine says, "Sisters, new meta boys." Not, Hell yeah. not sure that it is. Not Hard sure that disagree. it is, but we can live in hope. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yes, wonderful. Sindri is here. Fantastic. Oh, from West Canada as well. That's amazing. Yeah. My mum was actually just in Canada. She bought me nice. back a T-shirt that has a bear on it. <laughs> so, Is it unbearably cute? Oh, it is unbearably oh, cute. It was... <laughs> There's a man that took a day off work to listen to this script. Yeah, I, I took a day off to write that joke. <laughs> Matt C is also in the chat and he appears to be a Scrivo fan because he has just said Scriv, 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 which is spot on. I completely agree. Very, very nice. Right. Okay. We go. We're going to rattle through the police roundup and then we will get into talking about new metas, unsolved metas, uncharted territories. So, Capitan, what is new in the world of the police? Uh, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I wasn't here last Tuesday. So, me and here come the excuses. So, uh, <laughs> over the last two weeks. Oh, that's very clever. Nice. Um, yeah. We've preached Davy did some stuff for us. So um, he did a bug watch um, where he kind of did a quick fire review of the data slate from um, Tuning Perspective. Brilliant. And then he did, I must really recommend this video, he did a fantastic tournament report of his um, time at Goonhammer. Mm-hmm. Um, because he kind of talked about how he went into the event, his, his planning. He went through each game with pictures and discussions. And then at the end, he spoke about kind of like the um, his takeaways, what went well, what he's going to work on developing, all in like a really structured way in exactly the kind of style that you would um, you'd want if you were trying to improve and analyze oh, and improve yeah. yourself. So um, it's genuinely, even if you're like not a T 
Tyranny player it is a really interesting um, listen to David did a great job there mm. um, but yeah other than that um, so tomorrow evening I am filming a bite-sized back rep with a an attempt at an Eldar list into um, Lewis's um, for the operational Tyranny of Death it's going to be a great game and yeah. uh, on UK TC terrain painted like Mr Blobby Oh, Mr. Lobby's oh, no. Death World makes Mr. its competitive Blobby's debut. World, yeah. oh, I love it. <laughs> no, Absolutely love it. It's got googly fun. eyes and everything. Oh, does does, so does the song play on repeat as like, yes. like, like psychological warfare? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we've got that. And then Tom is you're interviewing someone. I you? am. So we have there's a longtime friend of the show and the team, Dom Maidlow, who you will know as a killer of of 40k competitive sort of gaming he's a very dangerous player he has been chaining the chaos space marines of late and i've been waiting for dom to be on a long run with an army he loves so that we can get him on and talk <laughs> <laughs> so that we can get him on state of play um and chaos space marines are the one and i've got i've got a feeling about chaos space marines so i wanted to record this before lgt because i'm just i'm smelling something smelling something i think it's going to be a good weekend for the chaos space marines when the lgt comes around um so i thought i'd pick dom's brain about they where they're the at one. yep exactly thought i'd pick dom's brain about where they're at he's a wonderful player he knows he knows the army inside out he's played it for a long time so i'm really excited to make that um i've been doing these meta weather reports there's one from whilst i was away just pre-data slate i think the sensible thing to do with the next meta report is to wait until we've got another couple of weeks of data and just see how things are starting to settle but i will continue to put those out as well and Scriver and I were talking to the lovely Steve at Darkfire, and we're going to get our crusade up and running um, in the next couple of weeks as well, because we've been planning some some bits and bobs for that. So there's a few bits of content for that. And obviously, I'm a Votan main now. That's the other important thing about me. I'm a Votan I've main seen proof. I've seen I play proof. Votan. I play, I've, since I came home, I've played exclusively Leagues of Votan. Hmm. Played two games with the Leagues of Votan. Is that a measure of how many games you've played? Leagues? That is, I have played two games. But, <laughs> but they are with Leagues of Votan. And I've also put them in for the Invitational, which we can talk about later on. Uh, taking them to the main event? That is what I'm still trying to figure out. That is what I'm still trying to figure out. I think it's looking likely, because they are quite fun. Um, they are... Oh, Matt, see, this is a very good question. What are my thoughts on the Warhammer Day model? I like what it. shit face. I really like the pose. The face is a bit off, and I should be clear, this isn't because it's a female dwarf warrior. Got no issues with that at all. The face itself just looks a bit funky, so I'd probably have it with the helmet or maybe like just the visor down. Um, but I think the pose is amazing. Absolutely incredible. It's really, really creepy cool. creepy doll face one? Yes, yeah, it's got it slight like Chuck, Chucky vibes, I think, yes. is, the, is the issue with the face. But, I mean, it's super cool and really exciting to get it because... Obviously, you've only got the one pose on the Iron Head Champ, and it is one of those units that you could run a couple of if you were so minded. So quite nice to be able to have a couple of options for that. Um, so maybe I'll try and get it and paint it up, and then it can enter into the Crusade. Um, not early, though, because for Crusade, I'm going to use it as an excuse to run stupid things like the Grimnir and the Forge Master, <laughs> who are both absolutely trash. Um, but I need an excuse to paint them, so that would be very nice. Um, so, yeah. That, those are the that's what's new with us i will probably do some votan focused content because i quite enjoy doing little faction focused stuff so it'd be nice to spell out where they're currently at um and i have been trying to get this rock and stone podcast going but scheduling <laughs> is a nightmare it's hard to track down several people at once um especially when one of them works for vanguard tactics and the other one has a new child it's not easy to get everyone to <laughs> get everyone in a room um when those are the starting factors wonderful okay let's do this
new meta who dis so today we're going to be talking about change change is constant in this game you might have noticed um and so sometimes the game radically reconfigures we've just had one of those moments we had a balanced data slate arrive and for those who are unfamiliar with the term we always have this sense in 40k of what the competitive or gaming meta is that is what armies are powerful what armies are weak what kinds of armies are doing well what sorts of armies are likely to beat each other and this is the kind of information that players are always trying to keep an eye on um both for reasons of griping and moaning because we love to do that we love to know what's strong so we can complain about it i know i do i'm a big complainer as i was talking to chris about it the other day i was like don't worry chris in a minute it'll be a new army and i'll leave you alone because i'm always whatever's at the top i love to whinge about it that's what i do can't help myself um so that's one thing um but in general the state of the game goes through periods where things work a certain way and we'll try and innovate within that but then you'll have a moment like this where you get a balanced data slate and it completely changes some of the core rules of the game it's completely changed the point to some of the armies it's changed the rules of some of the armies and what that means is that the way all of the different armies interact and the way the game fits together has changed and we don't really know what it's going to look like yet because it takes a while for the meta as it is known to be discovered to be solved to be figured out and it's gradually worked out as lots of games are played we start seeing what the percentages on armies are we start seeing results at events you go on goonhammer you see what's finishing in the top places what isn't that starts to give you some idea of what's working and what isn't and of course those very scary top players who play all the games play a million games and they work out how to beat each other and then that trickles down over time as well to everybody else so that's what we're talking about we're talking about a moment in which the kind of the meta of the game has changed and I think the thing with a balanced data slate like this is it's because it's changed a lot of the core rules of the game and hit so many armies at once, this affects everybody. This will affect players locally. Anyone who's clued into points and things like that will suddenly have big drastic changes in their army. So I think whether you're a casual or a competitive player, moments like these do necessitate a bit of adaptation and a bit of change and, and, and present new challenges that you have to deal with. Um, so we're going to talk to our panel of experts today and we'll talk about how they are dealing with and responding to <laughs> some of the challenges they're being we presented with, right? Experts. Oh, well, you know, well, apologies. We make, we make do in this team, don't we? We make do. Um, and you so I'm a Karen behind you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dan McCarran knows better than most that this game changes. Um, so, We'll talk about nerfs and changes Actually and a higher offense. <laughs> is it? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Which um, is still game legal. Oh, is it? Matilda by my head is not legal. Oh, too soon. Too oh, soon. Poor Matilda. So we'll start by thinking about um, nerfs and adjustments and factions on the down and some of the things to bear in mind as you deal with that, because I think that's something we all have to deal with at different times in 40k. We'll talk about opportunities, positive changes, uh, excitement, all the positives and how you can make the most of that. And then we'll move, I think, away from just the general experience towards competing. What does this mean? If you're going to events, if you're trying to compete, if you're trying to do well, what does a big change in a meta mean and how, how can you manage that, mitigate that, deal with that? Then we'll do some podcast questions. So feel free to keep throwing some questions in. Um, I'll come back to chat questions a little bit later. Let's get the main topic rolling first. So let's talk about being on the down. The wheel turns. Suddenly, you've got a bunch of adjustments to your rules. You've got a bunch of adjustments to your points. Things are looking a little bit peakier than they previously were. This is something that of our particular panel, I would say me and Chris have been hit with worse here uh, because GSC and Eldar both took a big smack to the face. So, Chris, how does one deal with nerfs? 
what do we do when a big mess change comes along and a bunch of things are no longer working as well as they were before? Well, Tom, you just play a different army, don't you? Yeah, I play play a different army. Come on. Absolutely. uh, (laughs) Um, That is an option. Completely valid option. It's absolutely an option. I think, all joking aside, it is an interesting one because I think quite often you've got this aspect of some players who are literally only chasing the meta in terms of they only yeah. want to take whatever the actual best army is mm-hmm. and um, you've got other people who have like a pool to choose from and want to be taking um, the best or the one they're enjoying the most from that pool yes. and you've got other people who are like stuck to a particular faction mm-hmm. and it's very easy to judge and we've all, oh, we've all done it haven't we you know vocal people meta chases and that sort of thing <laughs> but um, you know at the end of the day you want to you get what you want out of the hobby. And if you want to buy a new army and sell it three weeks later on Facebook, then, uh, <laughs> then hey, fair play to you. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, I, put, I, mean, I put some Thousand Suns in the garage today. Did you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think it's going to be a little while. Uh, I, it is sad. I mean, I, I'm still, they're, they're in there, but when I've got, a two weeks till LGT, they are not now high on the list of my priorities. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's entirely fair. I mean, literally, yesterday, Jake Harding, handsomest man in 40k, was selling some Chaos Space Marine. I and saw that. And I yeah. It's almost like something's coming in the future. Like I, uh... I messaged um, Jake, I was like, how much do you want for it? And he was like, well, for you, I'll do this amount. I was like, I'll have a think. And then, like three hours later, I messaged back. I was like, so have you had any interest? And he was like, I sold it. <laughs> oh, oh so, Chris, Chris, you should have gone. You should have gone. gone. <laughs> that was me, like, planning out my alpha leasing scheme. Oh, um, mate. Right, yeah. I really don't need another one. But which but, blue? Um, which blue? So I think, in my perspective, my gut instinct is always to see, can I make the army still work? Yes. Um, so, in the case of, like, when... Um, Admech got obviously they were ridiculously over the top and then they got canned and then it's like well what now works here okay I haven't got anything that quite fits I'll, I'll kind of move on and sometimes you can still make it work and sometimes like for me the thing I'm struggling with at the moment is because I haven't gone through that passage of time where I've kind of come out the other side I've played the games I've seen that oh actually these ideas work these ideas don't actually yeah. it's not as bad Instead, all I'm doing is just list building and just being like, this list is shit compared to what I used to have. <laughs> oh, yeah. Obviously, I'm yeah. playing with three to 400 points less. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have this thing called a Wraith Knight, which kind of held up everything. In. <laughs> it um, did, yeah. So at, at the current stage I'm in, it's like different stages of like a breakup, isn't it, or something like that. But uh, <laughs> the, current, the current stage Jesus I'm Jesus Christ, you're not taking this personally at all. Are you on denial or grief? Like, on my phone, the amount of lists I have got built, where like on a mm. daily basis, and what I do is I'll go back to it, but what is my double avatar list? And then I'll be like trying to alter it just to get the most out of all the different points and thinking about all the different matchups I could be going into. But I think the reality is you just need to get out there and just see new people or play new games just i think that's it play games and that's what i'm yeah. struggling with you, know, you need to play see what any more fish in the sea what does yeah. It. yeah so many fish out there um so yeah i think that is kind of it just get out there and you know experience the new world and find out it's actually not as bad as you think yeah i think yeah. playing games is definitely a big one and i do think yeah it's inter- the list and the conceptualizing can be very frustrating and i actually if an army i play takes a hit 
I do often take a bit of time off even trying to write at this. When the GSC changes came in with the points and the other rules, I was like, I'm not even going to think about this right now. I'm going to look at an army of mine where something exciting has happened in the case of Votan, where it's like I've gained a bunch of stuff. So it's like, I'm just going to enjoy that moment of, oh, I've got some new stuff I can get excited. Because like, there's no, I don't want to spend time yeah. in, the, in the bad headspace of, oh, look, I'm struggling to do X, Y, Z. Um, but as you say, in terms of actually, if, if that's an army you love and you want to make it work, the only way to actually do it is get it on the ground and, and play games and see how bad it is. Because there are armies where you look at the list and you're like, the list itself doesn't tell the story and you need to see how the different parts fit together. I think with Eldar, the thing with them is that, although I think GSC will probably play about the same with just less stuff and less of it coming back, Eldar have had a, like a fairly fundamental set of changes there, right? So it's not it's not something you can just suddenly theorise your head around. You really do have to put things on the ground and, and see how it looks. So it is quite a massive change. Um, I think, I mean, I guess, John and Lewis, have you had sort of substantial nerves to your armies in the past and what sorts of things have you done to manage that? Yeah, I think it's... Um... I think actually it really comes down to what you're trying to get out of a yeah. particular list or a particular army. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's really important that you keep that in mind when these changes occur, because I think if, if you are a recipient of some nerfs and you decide to go on Facebook or, or on any of the online sites, other than 6++, obviously, keep, keep watching, keep listening. Um, <laughs> Please don't leave. But after, after a balance patch, I think... I tend to see like the whole online world of 40k just becomes just this wasteland of angry nerds. Yes. Who just can't see past the change, as you say, Chris, to a race night or to something that feels like the key way they played an army has now changed. And they can't see past it. And the argument just goes round and round in circles. And yeah. in your point earlier, Chris, there's just no substitute for getting out and playing the game. Yeah. And and it, and if your if your motivation is to go and win and you want to go and do well at events then you, you will figure out very, very quickly whether the list is actually going to work or whether it has completely changed to a point where you can't you feel like you can't win any more games and, and then you'll yeah. move army. Or actually, if it's an army that you love, even if it has been nerfed, you'll probably just still play with it. Yeah. I, I played my knights all the way through 8th and ninth edition when they were rubbish or when they were good and and very rarely changed the list too much, the, the major changes, and, and I just had a blast doing it. So I think if you yeah. still enjoy using the army, regards whether it's been nerfed or not you just crack on and use it and get stuck in um yeah Completely. does that make sense yeah absolutely and there's opportunities in there right because sometimes you, you discover new things i mean with Eldar, for example there'll be new units in there to try different things we've got a question in the chat about wind riders there one of those things like do they work are they something you can try um and it's it's definitely a case of trying to spot the opportunities i guess the great the funny one with drakari was when they made Talos and Grotesque cheaper, and it was like, oh, okay, actually, for this current meta, if we we'll just switch to here, <laughs> chuck, chuck a bunch of those in, and actually, we're just as scary as we were before for a little while. Um, so, yeah, I think being able to spot opportunity and also being able to just dig into your rules and test them and take advantage of things is massive. Whether you're gaining things or losing things, being able to actually assess it on its own merits and do the work is is going to put you in a really strong position here because this is obviously all happening in a context where actually lots of people have no idea what's going on in a moment like this and that's kind of liberating if you're someone who is able to work out what is going on or work out for themselves something that works for themselves that puts you at a massive advantage from what i would say is quite a substantial chunk of the community who don't really know what they're doing until someone else tells them what to do 
right? And that's in a moment like this, in a meta like this, if you're a player who plays regularly, you're confident in your abilities, you work hard at your abilities, that will still count for a lot in a moment like this. And that's something I think to be confident in and relaxed in. If you practice, you play, you think, you work at it, those skills are actually more valuable in a moment like this um, than normal. Right, and you're going to by trying and making an effort, getting things on the table. You're immediately going to have an edge over people who were only ever just, you know, copy pasting and, and cracking on with with what someone else was already doing. So that's that's the nice thing about a moment like this. And the other nice thing about when your army gets nerfed is people sometimes stop planning for it. You don't have everyone gunning for you in quite the same way. I think in the long run that will probably be nice for GSC. Unfortunately, we're living through a moment where all the best players in the world have just practiced how to beat GSC for about three months. So it's maybe not a great time to run them off the back of a nerf. But their time will come as they kind of fade out the picture and that kind of lots of infantry skew might eventually have a place again once the armies at the top are planning for each other rather than keeping an eye out for for sneaky cultists, right? So your, your opportunities will come. Um, yeah, John, that's a really important point. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. sorry. Go, Quiver, go, carry on. Go, go for this. Okay. Oh, all um, I was going to say is that um, regardless of how you feel at the moment, we live mm. in a world now where Games Workshop change these rules every three months. So yeah. the state of play as it is at the moment is not going to be the state of play in, in 12 weeks' time. And, exactly. and better or worse, some people don't like that, some people like it. I personally quite like the fact they were quite engaged in the game and, and they change it all the time. Yeah. But I know there's a lot of people that get really, really frustrated with Games Workshop switching things up all the time uh, because they feel like you can't get established and then it all changes again, which I can mm. completely understand. But if, if your army has been nerfed, you just take a break for a couple of weeks yeah. and then in, in a couple of months' time it's, it's going to be back. Because if yeah. it has been nerfed to the point where it's completely unusable and you can't win any games, it will very quickly get back its way up to the top again. Yeah, no, I, de- I definitely had this. I quite enjoyed being on a sort of enforced breakaway whilst this was all happening. Because it's like, can't play games. It's not like I've not got events in the <laughs> middle of the pipeline. I can just kind of relax and soak it up and work it out and come back to it later. And I think that can be very healthy. I think that's actually very healthy. I'm very, I'm much more excited to play games now, having had several weeks off than I was at, the, at that previous point. So I think that's good. John, did you want to come in here? Yeah. So. Uh, kind of touching upon what you said, kind of, um, if you've got a unit that feels a bit too good, Games Workshop have got a habit now where if it is too good, they're probably going to do something about it. Yeah. So use it whilst you can, but yeah. don't be so kind of set that that is only ever going to be my list. So good example is Desolation Marines for me in my Dark Angels were really kind of a good 400 points of my army that just sat there and consistently achieved something. Yeah. It was only going to last so long. Yeah, it it wasn't going to be there forever, so I knew. So I kind of kind of looked at other options, and because of the army that I own, that there's such a selection of units that I could kind of look and dip into. That when they're gone, it's like cool. So now, how do I recalibrate? And it was more kind of like it's a challenge, and it's not such a daunting prospect as a race knight being removed, which is like. 700 points of an army disappearing, 800 points of your army kind of being suddenly not necessarily in there. Mm. But it's the opportunity to go, right, what have I not been considering? And yeah. kind of taking that approach. And if it's an army you do generally own lots of and love and have kind of spent time with, you've seen the stuff I've been using over the course of like three years. End of 8th edition, I was taking aggressors. Didn't use them for near enough three years. They're now in every list. So mm. this stuff may get nerfed at one point, but give it a year two years, maybe three years, it might be back in your list. 100%. So it's it's the flip side of not flipping your army. If you've kept it, it'll probably get a chance to shine again because yeah. Games Workshop will want to make the rules for everything a bit punchy at some point in time. Yeah, And it's not always just the new stuff. So if you're kind of in there for the long run with an army, you're, you're going to be okay. Yeah, 
No, absolutely right. It's, it's one of those moments where either having several armies that you love and understand or having a couple that you have a really deep collection of, they're both ways that give you room to absorb changes, right? You're able to deal with what's happened. You're able to find different units. Um, and it, I think sometimes nerfs to single units especially. Just, I mean, if you take the Desolated example, that's like 400 points suddenly freed up to do other stuff, right? So you've yeah. got these Marines lists that always had this massive lopsided, stuck in the back, not sure whether to come out of the walls, not sure whether to stay in, always an awkward game with that. Suddenly you're just like, well, 400 more stuff to shove in and play the mission and get involved. And actually, you know, that frees up a new way of, of playing. I think we're going to see some quite aggressive Marines lists off the back of it. And it looks like that's that's the way that it's going. Six of them in a land raid, you mean? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know exactly what I've said. And that, and so that's, you know, that's good fun. So I think that's, those are all important things to say. I do think, I think performance level and outcomes level really matters as well. Like if you were struggling with an army already, for example, and then it takes a big nerf, that's probably something that you need to be be conscious of right if something was already a rough time you're already finding something very difficult or not necessarily enjoying it and then it takes a hit that's a bit of a double whammy so it this is a game we play for fun um I, you have to have a thick skin and not worry about what anyone else says oh you're changing army or you're changing xyz blah 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 it's like yeah that's what people do um you're playing the game to have fun so if you want to go and play a different army because yours you're not feeling yours that's completely valid and i think you know as i say it's about going where your excitement and your joy and your interest is um, and if you don't feel that your army that's taken a hit has any particularly interesting creative angles, um, I think again, uh, GSC for me at the moment, the issue I have with the changes they've just had is that there's no plan B in that index. It is a drop down and try and kill you index, and the drop down try and kill you has been hit pretty hard. No points changes to anything like the vehicles, so you've got like 110 point transport, so you can't really have transports like that's nuts, right? You think a Goliath truck is 110 points, a Rhino is 75, that's mental. So it's like if they'd pivoted there, so you could be like, oh, I have a board presence type build, try something different. That would have been my preference. But if you're not feeling like there is another way to go or another thing to explore, um, then go go do something else. Absolutely, completely valid. Um, Sindri has picked up some Drakari. Fantastic. They are the best army in 40k, so enjoy them. They're not my cup of tea right now. Yeah. I love the Drakari very much. Very shooty index right now, but very powerful actually into a, into a lot of matchups and in the right hands as our own Rob Kimpton has demonstrated on many an occasion. So I hope you have a great time with that. Um, wonderful. Okay, so that's that. Those are the negatives, right? Those those are when you take a blow when you take a hit. So let's think about taking advantage of opportunities. What kinds of positives can you find in a new meta like this? A big meta change up. What kind of opportunities and how do we as players take advantage of them? Do you want to lead on this, Capitan, or do you want a minute? Yeah, yeah. so I think in the build-up to knowing the data slate was coming, it was an interesting time as an Elder player, because I was definitely thinking, oh, I'm really excited to see what happens, because then I can try all these different new yeah. units. Yeah. And that is by far the most interesting thing. It, 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 uh, the indexes were always going to get solved reasonably quickly. Yeah. And it's going to be very, uh, I think there's actually a question on this in Discord for the later, so I won't cover it too much. But I think it's it's an interesting one because some of the indexes are going to get a bit boring. Um, and actually, we're going to want that balance update to keep changing things so you can try new different units. Mm. Um, but the most exciting thing is to find those second layer of combos and then actually put them on the table. and you might well find something that you really like or some particular unit. You know, I was 
very early on, I enjoyed trying out the Dire Avengers and Fugan and that sort of thing. And they didn't quite make it in the list because they just weren't the most point-efficient thing. Mm. But now you can start to really kind of like push them in um, and give them a go. And it's just, it's an exciting opportunity to really be that person that comes up with that exciting like unit choice or tech yeah. piece and that sort of thing and um have have success with it because we are basically starting again now i mean mm. you think of all the other armies out there sort of like all this like when was the last time you heard people talking about the triple land raider meta like, <laughs> but i know quite a few of us are talking about it at the moment mm. and like that's a thing and that's yeah. exciting um, it might not be exciting to play again, so no, but it is fun to be coming up and trying to work. I'm like, oh, maybe planes are now the most point efficient. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like just looking at all of, and reassessing all these things again, I think is like a really exciting um, opportunity, really. No, completely agree, and that's it. It's again, it's where the the puzzle is exciting, right? I think, as I say, we're all playing with one detachment at the moment. Um, and as Sindri says, you know, codex attachments will make things more interesting, and I think that goes for a whole bunch of armies. But in a in a moment where it feels like actually you don't know exactly what the right units are, that's really fun because you get to just dig in, and we've got that lovely blissful few weeks before we've all read the stuff and we all know what people are taking and we all know what's winning events, and that's all you know that's all well and good, and it, you can learn a lot from that. But equally, practicing that skill set of digging in, finding the right units for you the fight the right game plan finding some combos that you hadn't tried already um i think is is brilliant and yeah and morgan ra absolute hero love morgan ra let's not even go into it though because we, we, we i was a morgan ra main for a little while a few months ago and then people have people people have had enough of that now. <laughs> Bring <him> back. <laughs> but that was another example of that exact same thing right digging in finding a unit and just having some fun with it entertaining yourself with it using it in a different way that people weren't using at the time and and that was that was very enjoyable so it's, it's exactly that um i think that's where you will i mean we all if you if you own multiple armies you'll know when you've looked at the points you've read the rules changes something in you goes oh that's exciting that particular army so you know as we were talking about before the show there's a couple of armies where there's quite exciting buzz around them gray knights have some buzz around them tower have some buzz around them i know our our team's tower players are suddenly all very invigorated right we've got new channels that have popped up in the discord because suddenly people want to talk about it um votan are obviously the best army in the game now and as, as a votan main i'm, I'm extremely excited yeah. about that as well and so it's nice to have that energy and that's what a good slate or a good meta change does is it it unleashes a kind of creative energy because we don't know what the best things are um and so really making the most of that and going in the direction of that excitement and and, and channeling that energy i think is, is a really positive thing and also allows you to sort of flex your muscles with practicing working things out and trying to figure things out for yourself which is a really nice skill set to have not essential you know you can be a perfectly good player without it but it's a lovely opportunity to flex those muscles because you don't have people telling you you must take this you mustn't take that you've got that little bit of leeway um because every sort of good list or good unit at some point is something someone hasn't tried right so it's it's, it's well worth trying to find these combinations um, i really like this time in the meta actually yeah. when it when it's all up in the air because i think in addition to being able to try lots of new things which is exciting in and of itself it's i think it's a it's a time where player skill shows itself yeah in a more pronounced way than any other time during mm. the meta. And no offence to some of the Eldar builds, but 
players <laughs> players who weren't necessarily the best players in the world could beat the best players in the world because their list was just so much better and it was so much more powerful. And then once mm. that meta kind of got solved, it was it could be a bit kind of black and white playing into it. Now, oh, everything's all up in the air. As you said earlier, someone's throwing a grenade into the whole whole situation and it's all over the place. But I think this is where the best players can really thrive. And actually, if you've spent your time learning how to play the game and learning how to play it well, kind of regardless of what army you're using, yeah, you can have a really, really good time in terms of how you score your points and how you get ahead of everybody else. And, and even if that isn't necessarily fixing on the best thing in, in the game anymore, it's, it's taking your army and doing really, really well with it because you've just got a level of player skill that sits above other people. So it's a really good time, I think, to express yourself as a player yeah. um, on the tabletop. Yeah, I think that's it. It's, it's those creative opportunities, right? I think that's that's a really exciting thing. Uh, it's definitely been the big the big appeal with Votan for me. It was just that, yeah, this isn't a codex people have poured all over yet. It's not one that people have run many lists from. There's not a ton of ways to run Votan. I'm not going to pretend there is, but there's at least a couple of different things you can do. Um, and so for me, I always like to be trying to find something that's not been not been done to death and not been covered too much. And it's it's nice when when you're having having played a bunch of games with them just before I went away. And then you're like, oh, 250 more points to do stuff. Yeah, great. Okay, I feel like I feel like there's some space to figure some stuff out with that. Um, so that's definitely really exciting. And as as you know, as, as a couple of people in the chat are saying with Grey Knights, Grey Knights, the rule set was always magnificent, right? Isn't it a cool set of rules? It's crazy. So then getting some buffs is definitely very very spicy. And again, an army like Tau, where which have managed to basically fly up from, you know, very low down, just through points they didn't even get any rules changes they just need a few more assets on the board to let them make the most of that the toolkit that they got and then again an army like death guard where i think they've managed to give them you know a couple of extra things an extra rules layer that actually adds some real customization and again smart finesse play and actually unlocks a bunch of the little combos in that book with contagion ranges and stuff that actually again suddenly turns them into quite a techy sneaky army in different ways which again is something i'm really excited to see um, exploited. I think um, Tweet from Contact Lost is taking them to the Invitational. Shout out to Tweet, by the way. I'm sorry, it wasn't it wasn't Ed. Uh, it was Ed on the show last time, not me. So I'm not taking Chaos Knights and a great unclean one to the Invitational. But I'm taking something <laughs> even more stupid than that. So don't you worry. It'll be it'll be Votan for me. Um, John, how do you take advantage of new opportunities when you play? So in this sort of situation, I find this is the best opportunity for me to kind of go. How many lists can I write? And then bounce those ideas off of either club mates, teammates, yep. or in the case of like at the moment, me and Paul from the team, we're literally just sending each other lists back, going, "What about oh, this angle?" What that's angle? cute. And then I think it was yesterday we both sent each other lists and went, "I've got that in mind already." We've, we've both written the same list. Mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of nice if you've got someone to bounce off. Oh yeah. And it's not just an outward perspective of someone that plays against your army, but someone that plays the army, because yeah. then you're kind of doubling the kind of the brain power going into it that you can kind of look at it from different player style perspectives. Cause I would argue that Paul and I may play dark angels, but we play them quite differently at times. So it's kind of nice to see that kind of, well, I'm looking at it from this angle and this, and, but we're actually still getting the same answer, yeah. which kind yeah. of probably suggests that there is kind of an optimum approach for them at least at the moment. Yeah. yeah. And that's and nice it's, too. It's good, and isn't it? Testing it. Yeah, yeah. And it's good. I think that's where having mates that play armies you play and being able to chat through them. It's really useful to say I chat, yeah. chat, chat to Kari with Rob all of the time. I'm genuinely interested to chat Eldar with Chris again because it's like, we, I don't know. So I didn't, I was like, in previous things, I'm like, well, I don't really know what to tell you. Like, it's like, you know, there's, there's a few things that are good. I can't really offer much that would 
do much other than dilute that. I know Aaron and Leah chatting custodies all the time. So that's one great way of taking advantage is, yeah, talk to your mates who play these armies, work things out together, try different things. Um, obviously, we've got this whole world of discords now as well. We know we've got faction discords. You can go and, again, <laughs> natter with a ton of people who are all trying different things out. Um, Six plus plus our own Discord actually has little faction sections. So if you want to go and natter about your favorite army, do go in there and have a go because they're actually quite lively places these days. We've got a lot of people talking, which is really good fun. Over 160 members of our Discord. Yeah, it's it's on the up. And uh, so thank you to all of you for nattering away. Um, and yeah, if there is a faction you'd like to have a channel in there that doesn't yet, just just holler and we'll we'll fix that up for you. But that's I think that's the thing: get in the conversation, get talking, get testing ideas. That's definitely how you can take advantage of it. But it's, it's definitely a moment to have a little bit of faith in your own opinion and your own assessment. I think you do have to be ready to have people tell you they don't, they're not sure or they don't know about your ideas and you have to be ready to stand by or at least try different things and see how they work. I think this is one of those moments where, because there's not a consensus, people are often either falling back on what they already know um, or just kind of knee-jerking. And, and so you want to try, try and have a bit of conviction in your own ideas and, and try different things as well. Oh yeah, sisters section. To be fair, paints I've seen. I can make you a sisters section, and we'll see. We'll see if sisters players can be can be brought out. Um, Bread is shouting out Davy in the Bugwatch channel. Yeah, Davy is amazing, um, and the Bugwatch channel is awesome. We've got a lot of very happy Tyranids players narrowing away in there at the moment. Brilliant. Okay, so I think that's very general. That applies whether you're you know playing locally, playing for fun, whatever else. I think there's a whole bunch of things you can be doing with that. But let's think about competing specifically and going to events, because obviously we've got LGT (laughs) literally just coming up. What sorts of things in a moment like this, where you've got a meta in flux, unsolved, unsort of completed, unworked out, how do you, what sorts of things do you think you can do to approach events and to compete in an environment like this? How do you get the most out of it? Do I start maybe with you, Lewis? Oh, Oh. that was a mistake. He's had enough. He's gone. Oh, he's, no, he's back again. Well. Oh, mm, this might be a mistake. When Lewis is stable, we'll talk to Lewis. In the, <laughs> in, the, in the meantime, John, how would you go about this? So I would try not to overthink it a little bit too much, especially if you're going to an event, yes. the scale of the LGT. Because mm-hmm. if you think about where you'll be playing mm-hmm. compared to what posts the high results. So if you're looking at like, um, the the meta watch kind of approach of like the, he, these are the top five armies that are taking out GTs. <laughs> yes, you'll probably play some of those, but in reality, you're not going to be playing the people that take out the events necessarily. No. So sometimes the worst thing I've ever done is go like eighth edition. There was a real problem with um, Space Marines, and it was like I will make my orc army all centered around dealing with these guys. Mm-hmm. Didn't play them once in the whole GT, and so all the stuff I had wasn't fit for. <coughs> So focus on what your game plan for your army should be. So if it's taking two fixed um, secondaries, plan your army around that. doesn't matter what you're facing. As long as you can do those two secondaries, you're golden. If it's all about tactical, similar sort of thing. As long as you've got that dynamic kind of play to it, as long as you've got some way of dealing with the horde kind of anti-infantry or anti-tank, kind of those sorts of things in enough that you feel you're happy, that should be enough for an event, really. Yeah. And if you're, if you're trying to do too much and skewing too much one way, you're going to walk into the wrong thing. Like, yeah. Imagine you build an anti-tank army, and then you turn up, and the first thing you do is go into 200 bodies of, ne- of Nids or Necrons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just going to have a shite time, aren't you? And mm-hmm. you've got to play that for five games or six games over a long weekend. Take what you're going to be enjoying, even if you're losing mm-hmm, as well. Because mm-hmm. 
on average, we're all probably going to win two, three, the average player. <laughs> so that's where you yeah. should be, right? Like, yeah. So placing that you're going to at least get close losses, mm. make that list kind of put up a fight, but also not be frustrating if it doesn't go, like, it doesn't blow out. Like, if you don't go first, you're not going to be, go, oh, cool, it's over now. Mm. Cool. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think that all speaks to consistency and I think also not throwing the sort of baby out with the bathwater as well, right? I think this is one of the general things with a new meta is that a lot of the things you already know and the things that already work for you probably are still very good places to start, right? Whether it's an army you know very well, a way of playing you know that you do very well, whether you're a very aggro player or a very control player, still playing to those fundamentals I think is really useful. Um, it's a very short space of time with something like this to suddenly, unless you're one of those people who can literally go and chain 10 games in two weeks, the chances are starting something completely new isn't really an option. So whilst certainly when I'm figuring a meta out, when it's changed, I always tend to revert back to armies I've got good experience with. Like the Jakari always come out if there's, if there's a new slate or something and I, like in, in ninth edition, whenever it was like, oh, I don't really know what's going on. It's like, well, I know I can consistently win more games than lose with Jakari. doesn't really matter what the top of the game is like. I'll always be very competitive with them. So I will sort of default back to that. Um, so I think having a stable base of experience and reps that you can sort of go into that meta with is probably almost always better than just being like, oh, I'm going to completely gamble on a whole new army and try and try and figure this out really rapidly. Unless you are someone who can really dedicate a huge amount of time. I don't think most people are. I'm sure there are some people screwed away on TTS right now playing an ungodly amount of games. Um, but the thing about those players is that they're going to catch you out whatever you take. You know, it's going to be something you've never seen, never heard of. That's the way that the very top of the game tends to function in a moment like this. So you can't really plan for it because it doesn't really exist yet. Um, so unless you're in those circles, it's it's better just doubling down and, and make, again, focusing, you know, we talk about this all the time, being hard to beat, being consistent, knowing how your army works and how your list functions and getting all those basics down. Um, what do you reckon, Chris? Yeah, I think, I mean, that's the nail on the head, isn't it? Because it comes down to the event you're going to. Like, the, yeah. you're going to a 2030-player event, you can kind of look at what armies people are taking, you can get a feel for it. When you're going to for an 800,000-person event, it is just pure fluke. Yeah. You could build an anti-vehicle list and play five vehicle armies, or you mm. could play five infantry armies, or you could play a mix of them. So I think it's, and I'm because this is something I'm really struggling with, because I've definitely been like, Oh, right. Well, what are the problem issues in the meta right now? Like Necrons, right? Necrons, mm. can I kill 20 warriors before they all reanimate and come back again? Right, I need to have stuff in my list to deal with that. Right, okay, cool. So then I'm thinking about Necrons. And then you'll be like, oh, but actually, have I got enough stuff? What if I just randomly get knights and I can't kill yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. So I think, actually, it's about leaning into what your particular army does well. Yeah. Just And knowing what works for you as your style. Mm -hmm. um so you know what this army what are the most efficient ways that i can play this particular faction to win games ir irrespective of what my opponent is doing that's why harlequins were so good in ninth because they could literally just ignore the enemy <laughs> yeah. and just score 90 points, yeah, yeah, points yeah. because um like you can't stop me and mm. if you can have that kind of and obviously cards change that, so if you can build an army with solid fixed game plan, mm -hmm. which is why, or you can just build a stat check. And if you can build those yeah. sorts of things, that's generally going to help you because the armies that 
can actually deal with the stat check are fewer than the ones that um, can't. Yeah. Um, so you're probably going to be okay. But I think my advice would be is to try and think about what your army does well. So in the case of Eldar, it's the fact that they have MSU and they're really fast. Um, and it's trying to build into that. Or alternatively, it's the, or can I build around like a really durable kind of like avatar? kind of yeah. like brick and that sort of thing. But those are your kind of ways. And Eldar, as you were saying earlier, are not necessarily the brutal army that are making everyone cower in fear anymore because they're no. going to blow you off the board. They now need to go back to Eldar things. And, you know, I had this game into Lee on Sunday and I was kind of like, yeah, I'll sit out here and I'll black you away and uh, <laughs> four custodies in my entire army and now I've lost eight points. Shit. <laughs> And it's just a completely different mindset. And that's why you need to practice um, your army and get kind of those reps in, but it's a very different mindset of, yeah. um, of how to play. And you've got to lean into what your what your army can kind of um, answer and do best with, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And there's some fundamentals in there, aren't there? Like, as you say, we know, and a couple of people in the chat are alluding to, we know in moments like these lists skew in different directions so lots of vehicles suddenly feels more viable right now than it has in a while because it's not just going to get picked up by wraith knights lots of bodies and very durable bodies again are suddenly much more feasible not going so, to get picked up by wraith knights not going to get picked up by wraith knights and it's interesting because it's funny because you talk about eldar and i think the problem perhaps in the short term that eldar are going to be in is the fact that certain weapons probably dug them out of all sorts of matchups now the whole army around them have all had a bunch of hits so even the specialized tools are probably a bit more expensive than they should be i mean i'm not going to be the first to say i don't use overpriced but like if your horde clearance costs a lot of points if your anti-tank costs a lot of points it gets difficult to build lists that can genuinely have enough stuff to do all of those different i mean things. i did into the lease game i built an army as a different approach for each unit i put in had a very specific role it was either yeah. secondary scoring anti-infantry or anti-tank yeah and i went into custodies and i just couldn't kill them yeah I didn't have enough stuff because custodies kind of say we're sort of none of any of those things yeah, right? exactly. we're sort of this this mid-range very tough chewy body that's coming at you like so yeah it can you know you can end up actually like there's definitely a case where you try and build for too many eventualities and you just end up weak into everything yeah um because you're trying to have this you need to kill that type but this unit to kill that type well actually no you're now all of a sudden paying extra points for things that you don't really need to pay points for. So, like in my yeah. mind, at the moment I'm trying with Dire Vengeance. So I played the game to custodians, they're crap into it. I'm playing those tomorrow. In theory, if they get to do their thing of shoot and then Overwatch and then Phantasm, they should be good in it. But it's a 275 point package. <laughs> yeah. And actually, is that the most efficient way of spending 275 valuable points exactly. in the list when you've got 10 toughness three bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which that's are firing a few strength four minus one shots. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's the scary situation, right? Yeah. And I think it, I think it comes back to your earlier point, Chris, about the style of of game you want to play. I think if you're going into a competitive event, you just need you need to know what style of army you want to, to to bring to that event and how you want that army to play and 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 the army you've chosen might well fit into that style or it might not and you might just change things up but if you if you're going in with a kind of a way you're going to play in advance then you can kind of work around that can't you and yeah and i think that will help you avoid falling into the traps of trying to be able to deal with everything 
or yeah. trying to be able to kill everything because very little of the game, in my opinion, is really about killing stuff. I think you're saying that as a army that's unable to kill anything. If it was um, about killing stuff, you wouldn't be I good would at it. Suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, because actually, I think you, you just tie yourself in knots, don't you? With, mm-hmm. with trying to be able to kill everything, you just there's always going to be something you're not going to be able to deal with. And if that's what you've built your whole plan around, I don't necessarily know whether you're going to do very well. So, yeah. if you if you've got a particular style of play, you're gonna you're gonna be a lot. You'll be fast moving, or you're gonna you're gonna be solid on objectives, and, you, and you're gonna take two or three primary, and you're gonna hold them for the whole game and things like that. Yeah, you can, you can kind of work with that, can't you? You can work with the scoring system around that, and then mm. you kind of add add bits and tweak your list. As, as it makes sense to do so as you go through uh, practicing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's, it's, it's again, part of the excitement for, for me with Votan at the moment is just that the rule set and now the points and the assets, the sort of spread of assets just feels like a nice set of things to navigate that with. They've suddenly got quite a lot of units. They've got transport, so you're quite durable. You can get to places. They've got weapon profiles that with their army rules, you know, plus one to hit, plus one to wound, suddenly you've got units that can be an anti-tank unit, can be an anti-horde unit. It feels like you're kind of flexible into a whole bunch of different things, which for an environment like this where you don't know what you're going to hit, right? They've got lots of blasts, but they've also got plus one to wounds. So it's like, so you can slap wounds on a big target. You can get through a horde. And so they're kind of just one of those toolkits at the moment where I'm looking at it. It's like, it just feels like I can adapt to situations and I can play different games and use the tools in different ways. Um, but also they're quite... Again, now you've got cheap bikers, cheap thunderkin. You can do tactical. You can do secondaries that are fixed. You've got options in both different directions. So they just they are mentally they kind of fit neatly into this trying to solve multiple different challenges or needing to be able to solve multiple different challenges, which I'm quite enjoying. But you know, famous last words. We'll see how we'll, we'll see how see how it all works out in practice. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think those are our general takes. I think the fundamentals stay very similar actually playing games and not losing too much sleep over the imagined idea of what the game is like is massively important. At the end of the day, you'll play five games and you've got no idea what you'll hit. Right? Maybe you draw the worst army in the game, piloted by the best player, round one. Maybe you don't ever play the Metalist. Maybe you hit knights four times and you've got a bunch of haywire and you just chuckle and kill them all. Like, who knows? It's, it, it's still it's still a complete madness, especially if, if we're talking about LGT, it's a huge event. So no, you can't predict your pathway. You've got no idea what you're going to hit, really, and it can go any number of ways. So I think being at peace with that, letting go of some control and just sort of riding it out, but also focusing on what makes a good player, which is working and thinking and playing and building that understanding of your army. I think that's the way to go about it. So Close to being the biggest event ever, I think, the LGT, isn't it? Oh, yeah. We were suggesting we yep. might be going well over the thousand mark in terms of yep. number of players. Yep. It's never been a better time for Votan to win a UK Super Major. <laughs> It is wide open. Time. Honestly, if you can do it, that's just be amazing. I, there's no 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 way in <laughs> hell. No way in living hell, but God wouldn't it be funny? Be absolutely amazing. It's the four um, games on Sunday. I think that would finish me off. I think I think getting to that shadow round, if I can yeah. win all five games and then have to play another one on the Sunday and then have to play another one on the Sunday, I just think I'd be dead by that point. I just don't William, think I'd have William says, <laughs> what is the pod system for LGTs? Now, I think I think there's a couple of different things here. So the, the Invitational has pods, like three pods of different groups. 
the names don't really match to what's actually in them. It's got a bunch of scary competitive players in each of them, and also I'm in one of them, is, is the gist of it. And those pods will play and knock each other out, and then it's just out of the top ones that they'll do the sort of final rounds of the Invitational. Um, that's the, on the Friday, is it? That's on the Friday. Yeah, absolutely. So Friday morning, I will be swinging away in the Invitational. So if you want to support me, I'll see if Zach will get me yeah. on stream as Innis yeah. or Manny just pulls my head off. <laughs> There's content for that from war games live and contact lost yeah yeah for that whole thing yeah. it should be great um but for the main event the the simple it, it works fairly simply now which is that if you go 5-0 in the the first two days you'll then be playing to make top cut further down the line there'll be rounds that will then resolve shadow round and knock out beyond that point right so if you win all five of your games during the the main five rounds of the event you will be in contention to get further but it's about how the subsequent couple of rounds go with knocking people out and everything else i think to, to to finish the rest of it i think it's actually finishing on monday now right it's not actually going to yep. resolve last on the, games there it won't resolve on the um on the sunday so just win five games of warhammer in an unknown meta against some scary players that's all you have to do it's not that hard it's scary to think you could win all five games and you'll probably just about make top 30 <laughs> yeah 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 well that's that's the size of it man it's absolutely absolutely crazy um brilliant okay so that is uh, pod RTTs. Yeah, I think there's some additional RTTs running on Friday. I don't know about Monday. There might be. I, I believe sure. so. Yeah. 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 No problem at all. Uh, so I think I think Zach has some additional RTTs running around. It might. I, I was toying with trying to play one on the Friday after I've been <laughs> eliminated for the Invitational, but I'll see. I might just have one nice relaxed game with Paulie instead. We'll see how it all plays out. Um, great. Go okay. for a run. Go for a run around the running track, Tom. I could go for a run around the running you track. You could do a bite-sized bat rep. I could. Oh, Chris. With Paulie's stunning Elder. Chris. That's Tough a brilliant guys. idea. LGT bite-sized bat that's why rep. he's the captain. He <laughs> is. He just thinks of these things. He just thinks of these things. Content <laughs> machine. I, will, that, um, I might make okay. some, I might do some video recording of my invitation. Why are you going to do a tournament game. report, Lewis? Yeah. Well, I think, we, I think a bunch of us should for LGT. I think a yeah. bunch of us should. There's no reason not to. I think we should try and get as many of the team as possible to do it. I think that would be really fun because then we could like slow release them afterwards. No, I think that'd be great. <laughs> William Lavelle's a slave driver. No, he's, he's very good. He's very good. He lets us all have rest, but he's a, he's a good captain. Right. So, um, podcast questions. Anyone got those available? Yes. Where's, I have where's, it right Where's here. my Discord? There's a lot, and there's a lot of chat. Just yeah, I, I saw that there was a we lot of chat. A new rule. There needs to be a rule for the Discord that says don't chat. In well, the we can have podcast but questions and then podcast question discussion. They like yeah. doing it, though. They like nattering in there. Yeah, there's a lot of it. <laughs> so, Connor Nichols says, what are your sleeper pick factions to do well at LGT? It is Chaos Space Marines. It is, without a doubt, Chaos Space Marines. I just think there's some stuff there. Um, and I would have absolutely, if I'd had more time, I'd have absolutely had to go at pivoting. But actually, part of the advice we've just said today is that if you have two weeks, don't try and throw and learn a whole new army together in two <laughs> weeks. That is not, I was like, I've just done for masochistic reasons about 15 games of OTAN before I went away. So I might as well build on the 15 games of experience <laughs> rather than trying to work out how all this nonsense marks indirect everything else works. What do you guys think? Orcs definitely got to be up there, surely. There's going to orcs, be at least one okay. orc player that doesn't play like an orc player and actually just goes and plays for points. Uh, sounds like they Brian. That, they realise how amazing they are. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think Tau. I think Tau, Tau are going to be right yep. up there. 
Tau. Tau was scary. Tau was very player, scary. Tau was scary before the changes. And to think they've gained those average lists two, three hundred points, I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was on the edge of my seat playing into Tau already, and now mm. suddenly they've got loads more stuff. What do you reckon, Chris? I mean, I'm trying to come in from the Say point No, Tam. What the top players are probably taking. Now, I mean, it does seem that Manny's taken a billion accursed cultists. Yeah, I did see that. Um, <laughs> is that a stat check army that people can't beat? I don't know. Is there um, mm, might a be. style of uh, Necrons? Uh, I think Necrons are one of those things where they're really strong, but I just don't. I think there's enough answers that, and I think a lot of people are checking for Necrons. Yeah, I think I they people have probably been more like aggressively out to get them than anything else in the run up to this. I think. Uh, so I think um, I don't. Maybe Eldar will win. I don't think they will. I'm I'm genuinely curious because I I'm struggling to see it, but also I'm not a top top player, so I don't know. I, I'd really like to see what what is being cooked up because there's still a lot of noise around them people are still yeah. people are still pretty confident but i've just really struggled to to see it at the moment oh, i'm really struggling here to i don't it. think they'll be having all, all 30 of the top places entropic <laughs> entropic tyranny i don't i don't amazing <laughs> amazing name by the way entropic tyranny. Oh, that, is, that is fantastic tyranids yeah because i i i'm with you on that because i think there's some really cool stuff in that book yeah. i don't i don't know that the top top players will necessarily try it but I absolutely believe there's some cool builds in there that can win five games and get up into those placings. And they're quite scary, you know, some of the cool stuff you can do with it. Can I put my name down for winning five games? <laughs> Lewis, Lewis is going to win five games. Here we go. <laughs> done. Lewis absolutely is done. 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 Timestamp that because we're going to need to come back and lift it when we're talking about his 5-0 in the future. No, I'd absolutely love that. Um, and, and so, yeah, and that book has the advantage of being new and shiny. And again, because it hasn't actually dropped, like everyone's like, oh my word, it's broken. Actually, people haven't put as much time and effort into figuring it out as they would have done, which means that there's that massive knowledge gap, which is really powerful. So it's, it's a very cool book in that sense. Um, so the no one said Marines there. Because a lot of those armies, like the, the Chaos Space Marines output, mm. Space Marines don't handle. Or Tau. Yeah, they can just dark, smash it down. dark angels though are really good because Deathwing Knights are just stupidly, annoyingly, frustratingly, maddeningly good. Why someone just give Paul a rubbish army for one edition? Because <laughs> that's all I want is to not live in fear of it. Um, do we think Custodes are still in the frame or are they out the frame? And I guess likewise for GSC, having both been up the top of the game. Are there any armies out there that can just put out enough devastating wounds that they just die? CSM, I think, can. Yeah. Can. I think Nids just drown Custodes on objectives. I just think oh, well, this is why I want you to play Aaron, playing... because Aaron was giving it all that about killing non emissaries in the chat. And I wanted oh, to... I, I, want... I think non emissaries <laughs> are, are a trap. If you want to kill them, they'll die. Yes, the 5 plus plus is nice, but it's just like, I think you will just kill them. If you, if you really need to kill them, you will kill them. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. There, are, there are enough armies with enough tools to do so. Um, but I just, I wonder with Custodes, I played Custodes last week or um, over the weekend, and uh, yeah. They're clearly strong, they do a lot of damage, and, and mm. you don't want to charge them still. Even with only one fight first, you still don't want to charge them. Um, but it was just so easy just to take them off objectives and yeah. just go, okay, yeah, you don't have that primary anymore. 
Oh yeah. no, what shame. Yeah. That's what they that's kinda of what they thrive off of really is that they could just hold the primary. That's their whole plan is have yeah. more primary. So if they don't do that, they are in typically mm. in trouble. Do um, do. Yeah. Jack says Thousand Suns do dev wounds well. I'll be very interested to see how Thousand Suns get on because it felt like they just pulled their, pulled their brain out through yeah. their ears, basically, was how that felt. <laughs> it was horrible. Like, it's just like, oh, goodness. Someone really understood what that did. I think someone had read the very detailed Here's All the Jank article that Goonhammer did and was like, what if we just murdered all of that? Um, which is a little bit sad for them, but probably for the best for the overall meta. Um, cool. Sai, oh, this is a fun question for Lewis. What's your favourite detachment for the new Tyranid Codex and why, Lewis? Oh, I'm going to have to be really, really boring. I so know. It's, <laughs> it's just the one they already had. <laughs> I, I just, I've, and, and this is, this. I have not, and I'm going against earlier points, I have not playtested the other, the other um, detachments because I found something that works only yeah. a couple of weeks away from LGT. I just need to practice it and get to the point where I'm good with it. And hopefully we do well. We we don't do well depending on how it goes. And then potentially we've got some time to start changing other things. Well, that tallies just, with what we were saying, right? Sometimes the right answer is already the one you're you're doing, right? Yeah, and yeah. I, and I think because none of the detachments jumped out as being like immediately so much better and so amazing. And actually, that's credit to Games Workshop there because they've built a codex where every single detachment seems viable for different reasons. None yeah. of them just seem oppressively better than the others. Mm. Crusher looks a bit shit, but other than that, all those <laughs> they're, they're really powerful for their own reasons. Mm. I, there was just few key stratagems in invasion fleet which is overrun to be able to make a normal move after completing the combat the um five plus feel no pain strat and the ability to bring gaunts back from the dead strats yeah those three there are that combination just does not exist in a form in some of the others like the endless swarm you can bring stuff back even if it's completely dead which is quite nice and you have ability to kind of dodge blast weapons so that's quite nice but then you don't really have the combat jank there and mm. and sometimes it's not necessarily about killing loads of stuff it's about all the movement you can get and, and then there's the the vanguard one that gets you the advance and charge which is really, really nice and you've got the max advance six strat in the vanguard one which is really good for covering a bit of distance um but again it then doesn't have the resilience of the, the feel no pain stuff from the invasion fleet and, and the feel no pain strat is one of the battle tactics one so it's one you can do twice in a phase with a hive tyrant so you can get five up feel no pain across the majority of, of anything that's out in front of everything so i just i thought invasion fleet was the best combination from for my swarm kind of secondary scoring yeah, list, yeah. i think invasion fleet has the best kind of bits to sample from all of the different uh, all the different um detachments sure. available i like vanguard because it just has a bunch of things i like and yeah. I just think if Vanguard goes first in some games, it's just very funny, and it's just yeah. going to be. But that's that's me looking at the rule sets, and being like, oh, that does certain things that I always love to do. Um, Entropic Tyranny says Assimilator is the sleeper detachment. Davy agrees with you. Davy, does, asks, yes. Davy absolutely agrees with you. Davy really likes Assimilator, um, and I think it's interesting because yeah, certainly when we were first looking at that, I don't think it was one that immediately jumped out. But it, it does. There is noise around Assimilator. I'd be interested to see what happens with that. Um, so yeah, I say I think there was a bunch of cool things in there, um, and as, as Lewis says, it's I actually think the way they've handled Nids in the end has been great because a they changed the points on release because I think they were actually genuinely going to be a problem without it. I, I, it's, it's a bit painful for yep. Nids players having it immediate having it immediately hit on release, but actually they nipped a problem in the bud before it was a problem, and so that's all credit to them because 
heaven knows they didn't do it with some other stuff. Uh, this edition, so it's it not... will be interesting <laughs> to see if they can maintain that for all. Yeah, of the let's characters. let's see if they're able to tweak each the points and and get things in, on a level with other stuff each time it comes out. If they manage that, that's a much more exciting game to be playing than just getting smacked in the face with whatever the new book is for three years. Um, okay, wonderful. Paint Celestine asks, do you think 10th edition went too simplified with some of its rules, such as melee weapon profiles for units like witches, vanvets, grey knights? Yes. Anyone got anything else to say on, on that? The big issue is the points all being the same as well. Yeah. Like, mm. you, you just you've immediately dumbed everything down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this again absolutely murders Eldar. By the way, again, I, I'm now an Eldar sympathizer because they've had their moment. <laughs> but if you can't take cheaper platforms that have like scatter lasers on, you can't tech for hordes in a way that doesn't just you bring these incredibly expensive platforms that do like twelve shots at no AP because they're appointed as if they've got bright lances. It it yeah. leaves that that ability to flex between builds, which again is something Eldar are supposed to be able to do. The, having the same points for everything pointed as if it's got the best gun versus the worst is, is a complete disaster in, in that sense. Absolute disaster. Um, On a counterpoint, oh, I would say yeah. I really quite like, in terms of the melee profiles and the shooting profiles, I like the universal special rules. I know it's a big <laughs> simplification, but I just love the fact that when someone yeah. says, "Oh yeah, I have yeah, X rule, yeah. I know already what it does. I don't I mean, need the USRs to look have up been individual great. Yeah. The USRs, the weapon, the new organisation of the weapon profiles, that's been absolutely great. Yeah. I just think it was very confusing that certain units got real granularity in what's in the unit. Um, you know, I can have a kin combat weapon on my hearthkin, but a Vanguard vet is literally stuck with all the same weapon, yeah. and they're all they're all trash. Um, that's, yeah, I think yeah. there's individual units that probably need a bit of a boost. At the end but of the day, I think it just allowed... looks like some of them got more attention than others. And oh, you, definitely. You, you never like to be able to really clearly see that. I think that's a shame. Yeah, that's, I think that's a good point. But I think it's enabled them to produce things like the data cards, which yes, has been yes. an absolute transformation in terms of me managing how many different units I've got. It's just so much nicer to flick Do through a card. Do you reckon, was that it? Was it the case of... If we need to fit this on the a little options tiny for squares. your weapons don't fit on a single card you just get one weapon do you reckon yeah. that's what's happened that would be bonkers. no because some of the space room ones are missing stuff like the devastator one doesn't have the grav pistol that oh, the sergeant can have so there is a few exceptions but generally okay. i think it's like if you've got 10 weapons that's the max you can get on the card Paint Celestine then asks, do you feel index factions have a limited shelf life? With one index, there isn't much flexibility when it comes to designing armies. Every time they ever do anything like this, yes, the indexes get superseded by codices and gradually phase out. That is how it... I mean, if you look at what a kill team, for example, right? I've been playing a tiny bit of kill team. You go and have someone tell you what's good in kill team. They don't list the indexes, I'll tell you that much. They don't make, they don't make it no. into anything. So it'll be that same pattern. They come up with new stuff. It gradually creeps away. Hopefully they can keep it a reasonable level of curve. Um, At least in 10th edition, the indexes are free. With 8th yeah, edition, yeah. we had to pay for them all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what they seem to do quite nicely when there is things like the balance data slate, that the indexes have a shake-up with the points being kind of risen and lowered on certain things. Yeah which does give it a breath of fresh air at this stage. I think when we get to the point where 90% of the codex is out, that last index is going to be so stale. But yeah, completely. That's inevitable. Yeah, I think, and that's that's the way when you reset a game like this, right? It's, it's definitely hard to stay excited about one little set of rules for a, a very long period of time. That's just not... There's very few of the indexes that were interesting enough and dynamic enough to do that. There are some. 
and that's why you see some armies played so much more than others because some of the indexes are just more interesting have more going on can be played in more ways um but it's yeah it's it's inevitable that some of them will start to look pretty stale and be almost abandoned you'll have some abandoned factions over the next year or two as and it gradually people tend to deviate towards the books as they come out right but we'll see how badly these books blow everyone else out of the water when they arrive that will ultimately be what decides it the dream would be to have a bunch of indexes still hanging you get a year from now you've still got some indexes for armies that don't have books that are genuinely able to compete against multiple be nice. codexes that would be brilliant mm. and not just, saying, it's, it's and not, not impossible it's not impossible mm. with the rate at which they balance now it is doable it is definitely 100%. doable because they've shown they're willing to go back to those indexes and add new things right i can slap four judgment tokens on you four that is substantially more oh it's brutal it's amazing it's lovely. op no photon absolutely and if all lovely. the books all the codexes come out of the tyrannids one has there's nothing in the tyrannids book that's immediately better than everything else that's got an index no it's that's nice it. to have the variety. And There's I think some interesting some rules. Some we cool can combos. adapt probably a bit better than, than index factions can. So if something becomes really, really good, we've probably got a few more options to take into it than other, yeah. other people have. But I'm definitely, beyond that, I'm a bit alarmed. I'm a bit alarmed at people's willingness to pull the OC lever, the kind of OC 15. If you, you've, introduced, <laughs> you've introduced this objective control mechanic and then you're like, oh, this one has literally three times as many as anything else like it because it's new and I want you to buy it. <laughs> That's just, a bit... just power shock it, mate. <laughs> yeah, Blow half strength and it'll be battle shocked. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or just put eight gaunts on the objective. Yeah. That OC sixteen. There you go, Sodja. Bye. Yeah. (laughs) Just look at it and go. AC fifteen is nice. Pickleaxe actually has a very cool idea there, which is it would be cool if GW released say six detachments at once, but they were for different armies. So like six new ones dropped and they were for different armies. Oh, interesting. I'll tell you, Pickalax, that people got very angry when they did stuff like this. They used to give you a nice sprinkling of rules for a bunch of armies in the book, which I personally massively enjoyed. Uh, people got very cross about it, would whinge about how many books they had to carry around. Um, and now this is what we get. So unfortunately, I don't think that's likely in the near term. You need um, a full digital rule set, wouldn't you? You would, um, but we'll see. And then a long conversation starts <laughs> about melee profiles. We love you, chat. We love you very much. Thank you for this. Um, oh, Kim Jong-un asked. Kim yeah. Jong-un, lovely Kim to have Jong-un you here. Asked, he's, um, he's here, is he? Yeah, no, <laughs> love fantastic. join us. Oh, sorry, not Kim Jong-un. It's Jim Jong-un. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I'm very, very sorry. That's appalling of me. Oh, it's because he said kind of asked. So I've just well, seen the before, and I think we didn't. Yeah, so what would your thoughts be on having a chunk of points like a sideboard in MTG that could be changed per matchup in a tourney. Jim, that'd be awesome. I think that'd be quite fun. I'd love to play at least one event where you had that. I don't think you'd want to go bigger. Would you? Maybe you go 2,000 points and you can pick 1,500 of it, something like that. Or would you have like 2,500? Interesting one. Nashcon in Nashville, Tennessee, the big Age of Sigmar event, do a two-list submission. And when you see your opponent that you're paired into, you go, which of the two lists do you want to play into whatever two that they would be oh, bringing? wow. Which oh, is quite cool. chooses your list. No, you, you pick it. So you're literally like, cool, I'm now going to say Lizardmen, Seraphon. Out of my two lists, this is the one that would be good at them against them generally. So I'd pick that one. And then they pick out of their two lists what they feel would do best against you. But you don't know which of them they're going to pick either. Not right? until you're at the table. Mm. So you've got like a weird sideboard there, but at the same time, it's a fully fledged army. Because I, yeah. I think sometimes if you took out 500 points of your army, 
you can't necessarily put 500 points back in easily. Yeah. It's definitely a way of adding slightly more techiness to a game that has slightly less now than it did. Right. I think that it would be quite interesting. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd like to see it tried. Maybe that's something we could we could experiment with. Maybe we with. could do that. That's definitely something we could experiment with. The Invitational. You could do a yeah, um, yeah, yeah, fifteen hundred point event and a five hundred point side pause. Yeah, I love it. I really love that. Let's definitely look at doing that, Jim. That is a wonderful question. I'm very sorry for mixing your name up. It's been a very long. <laughs> That is absolutely, literally just yeah, just a just a horrific slip. So there's no excuse for that, and it's a really really good question. And I'm really, I think we'll definitely try and use that concept. Um, right. So next up, we have more chat about melee profiles. Oh, for goodness' sake! Someone's happy about world eaters. Oh yes, this is Cindy. So world eater player post it. I've gone from 34% win rate to 100% win rate. Yeah, that sounds right. After last weekend's results, World Eaters at 60%. Has Melee finally come around to playability after indirect towering, Overwatch, etc. got hit? Was it Custodes being placed into a golden coffin? Um, and then you want to crowdsource some losses so that your faction remains playable. Well, we're not going to do that. Because <laughs> if, they, if, they, if they need changing, they need changing. I mean, the reality of this, I mean, if you look at a UKTC board at the moment, you can hide all sorts of shit on them because so we've, we've just been living staging. in a meta where an arm from something could annihilate whole units. We're not living in that world anymore. That world doesn't exist. We've got the terrain left over from it. At the moment, terrain is super stagey, super pouncy, super hidey. World world Eaters obviously love that. Absolutely love that. Um, And also, World Eaters are a very powerful threat overload army, and there's a bunch of stuff that doesn't want to play against that right now. Really, isn't it? And a lot of the original top set most recently, you know, really very, very, very scary. So I think they had a great rule set. They got cheaper. There's a whole bunch of armies, and this is the danger of using win rates and stuff, is that, you know, factions get abandoned, and especially they get abandoned by very good players. So their win rates look very low. People go, oh, we need to change X, Y, Z. They get a bunch of buffs. Suddenly a bunch of good players jump back on, and they and they saw Tower going to do this as well. That index was always good. Anyone who played against Tower before they got their buffs could tell you Tower good, absolutely solid army with lots going on. They did not need the radical scale of injection of power that they've had. Um, <laughs> and I think World Eaters to an extent are the same. But yeah, it's just what was what was keeping World Eaters down, right? Dying on Overwatch, dying to Towering, all those things are gone in the form that they were in. So yeah, should be a very good time for World Eaters. I say go and enjoy it. Um, you know, get stuck in, get a bunch of blood, flex those skulls while you still can. Yeah, absolutely. Bread says, Do you guys like the idea of playing live on stream and being mic'd up? Have any of you ever done so before? <laughs> Tom, how did you uh, oh, get dear. on a hellstorm that yeah, time with uh, your Drakari? I, I, I always play terribly on stream, or I did <laughs> when I first started. I had my worst ever loss with Drakari on stream, um, at Goonhammer, and then I had. I mean, I was in the other my other loss. I was running Night Lords with a Night Abominant, so it wasn't a good it wasn't a good list. But I didn't didn't play well in that either. And then I finally broke my stream duck with my GSC, where I beat Tau at the most recent Hellstorm. So it, I think the first thing says it does take some getting used to. It is a bit different, but like but like lots of things like that, once you're used to it, you can kind of play the game and you sort of tune out what's going on. To be honest, you sort of just crack on with what you're doing. Um, we've talked about live streaming six plus games in house before, haven't we, Chris? Yeah, I mean the thing is, it obviously it's quite a lot of setup costs and that sort of thing. Um, and the room where I play is, is 
not quite big enough to be comfortable <laughs> with the streaming yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and also in order to gain like lots of regular viewers and that sort of thing you have to do it consistently weekly at least um, really. yeah like you think about all the famous yeah, people, yeah. all the big channels that stream why did they get big why have they got lots of views because people know they can find it really regularly yeah um, and we're not just in a, I mean, I person is not in a life position to be able to do this. I and mean, I can most, I like, this is my weekly slot. And then with other stuff that goes on, I sometimes get one other night a week. Mm. Um, but, you know, you don't always want to be doing 40k stuff with that. No, you don't. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, hey, if all of you guys listening right now subscribe heavily to our <laughs> Patreon, then you will be able to fund us enough money in one day we will be able to be like tabletop tactics um, yeah, or t titans or whatever and be like hey guys give us a hundred grand and we'll build a studio so you know <laughs> can i have a hundred grand dream. please yeah. i would like we, to um, we'll we'll all get a hundred grand lewis per show that's, that's where that's where this is heading it's oh, gonna man. be like it's gonna be like doing episodes of friends by the end it's gonna be ridiculous. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, Chris is absolutely right. Obviously, yeah, we, we love doing this, but we are fitting our actual income and lives around it. Um, and obviously any support that we get helps make more of this available. So, you know, it's something we'd love to do one day, but we need to get a lot further, you know, and have, have more people backing us and subscribing on the old Patreon before we're going to be able to do that. But if you want to do that, that's wonderful. Please do wing it our way. Um, and in the meantime, we'll keep making bite-sized back reps because they're a little bit, the overhead's a bit less on that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, great. How many great unclean ones make a good list? Three 16. and Rotigus. Done. Correct. And they need to be sprayed gold. Yes. Oh, <laughs> love you, Jake, wherever you are. Um, and then more conversation about sisters from Paint Celestine. Shocker. What a surprise, Paint Celestine, narrowing on about sisters. Uh, and then just make just make stuff says will ed read this far down and if he does will he realize that this isn't a legit question before he starts reading it out loud <laughs> no to all of that because i've read it i read it earlier on i was gonna read it today but you assumed ed would be here how wrong you were just make stuff um then blood render asked did ed slash tom oh he's smart blood render he's what he's what get duped by just make stuff causing havoc well yes i arguably did and then he says, with the Marine book on the horizon, what data sheet changes would you like to see to encourage a wider variety of units to be chosen? I assume he's talking specifically about Marines here. Land Raid Redeemer needs to be a thousand points no. as a tier of player. It's an unacceptable piece of kit that anyone <laughs> should have access to. angry. <laughs> it's a classic. Stupid thing. <laughs> it's a good question. It's, they're not in a bad spot with the range of units right now. It feels like yeah. a bunch of stuff does things. The points on the vehicles are looking pretty good now. Dreadnoughts, are they? Yeah. Any dreadnoughts? I think if we assume what needs to happen here is not massive changes to the units because they're all sitting in a relatively reasonable spot, except for Deathwing Knights, which are an abomination. Um, you want six detachments, each of which gets a song out of a different chunk of that book. Yeah. That's what you want. And you want them to make just certain things just work in a slightly different way. If it's a little bit more durable or it shoots a little bit harder or it can move a little bit faster, whatever else it is, you but you want it to tease out different chunks of the Marine book. And the most important thing as the person that has to play into these dickheads for the rest of the edition okay. is for them all to be good enough that we don't just have to play against literally the same detachment with a different paint scheme. 
for yeah. the next three years. I'd like six interesting Marines detachments where people genuinely go in different yeah. directions, flamers and melters or lots of dreadnoughts or, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever particular spin on it you want. And I'd like them all to be able to hang in different ways because that's more interesting for Marines players. It's nice to think that they can use different bits of their collection and try yeah. different things. You know, next weekend, I'm going to take this instead, try a different detachment, try my different units, have less stuff just sat on the shelves for three years. But also, yeah, for us, it's much more fun if we can play a bunch of different things. Controversial take. Could we probably cut out maybe 30 data sheets from their list? Can we just get rid of them? I think I think they probably they, will they lose. Are, they are. I think they, they will are. lose They're going to lose a few. But I think they're going to lose like, some. I definitely if the idea is to streamline the whole thing, can we just get rid of all the old stuff and just pull the Band-Aid off now yeah. and get it gone? Yeah, I'm, I, will, I, I'm willing to lose the Ironclad Dreadnought at this stage. It's, it's okay. I, I would like to be able to take a list with a Reaver Lieutenant leading Reavers without it being a joke. Because <laughs> currently I can't see why you would use them. Like it, th- there's, there's other ways you could use your points. I could take Servitors and at least they'd do something for less points. <laughs> Absolutely. Without any OC, but like I just like those little tweaks where every unit there's a few, there's only a couple of them. They've done a lot better this time round. Hmm. But we have we, we've got a little intervention here from Contact Lost who have popped up in the chat. Who've just said, "Sorry, I've just caught up." Votan, what happened to the GUO Chariot CK list? <laughs> Hello, Contact Lost. Can we just say you guys are brilliant? Absolutely love your show. Um, the WTC coverage was amazing, and I'm a very regular listener. Um, these days i've dipped in before but i've got really into it during the wtc and, it, and i just think yeah what you guys make is absolutely amazing so very exciting um and i'm glad that tweaks coming over for the invitational um ed was talking about his lgt list ed's not in the invitational and ed is more sensible than me i am <laughs> taking i'm taking votan um and there is some logic to it i think um, my instinct because of how early the list went in, my instinct was that quite a lot of people would lean into durability spam, which I think it's fair to say actually several of the invitational players have done. So I was like, what do I have that shoots 10 million shots? Let's go. Let's go and see how that goes. Because um, I'd rather at least fire a load of bullets at the target and see what happens. Um, so it was a bit of a reflex reaction in that sense. But also I do I do think there's some play in both and I'm quite enjoying playing them at the moment. Um, but we will see how I get on. Uh, I am not a favourite to get beyond round one, and but that's okay. I know my place in these things. I'm just happy to be part of it. But yeah, really excited. Just I, happy I, to be here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I say, I say, I'll be I'll be championing Tweet because Tweet's on Death Guard, and if Tweet has a good run on Death Guard, I am here for it because Ed is always bad mouthing Death Guard, and I love Death Guard, and I would like them to do well. So let's see how we go. It's your first army, wasn't it, Tom? They are my my first and original love. And I was looking, I was writing some Death Guard lists, but I, I have had no reps with them at all in tents. So I was like, I can't just suddenly pivot onto this and just suddenly suddenly have a go at it. Um, but it's, yeah, lead the way and I will follow. Oh. <laughs> um, then finally, from Just Make Stuff, we have a, a real question. A real question <laughs> this time. If I get to the end of this, Just Make Stuff, and it's not a real question, I'm never answering <laughs> any of your questions ever again. See, I'm saying it now. I'm saying it now before I read it. Okay. <laughs> I'm, going, delete it. I'm going in on faith here that this is a legit question. Um, which is, if the next mission... Sorry, next season of mission play was to move back to fix secondaries for competitive play. Would you welcome it? Stranglehold, baby. <laughs> I did love Stranglehold. I, I th- would need three. Just two is boring, isn't it right, Lewis? Um, <laughs> so you need three. Let's think about. Uh, I, I was, I, I 
hated cards um, in 8th edition when I first started playing. I was like, this is bullshit, this is just pure flu, like, what's the point? So when it came to 10th, I was like, well, obviously I'm always going to be taking fixed. But full credit to GW, actually, I do really enjoy the cards. Me, me too. And the majority of the time, the cards um, are reasonably fine. And, you know, yeah. so like, you know, in Magic, you know, you build your deck, sometimes you just get fucked. You don't draw the right cards, yeah. and there are mechanisms in place to try and save you from that. But sometimes you just get fucked by the cards, and that's part of the game. In the same way in 40k, very, very rare, but sometimes you do get fucked enough by the dice and fucked yeah. enough by the cards that that's the kind of... It's just that game's gone against you. Yeah. Um, and... You know that's fair enough. There's part that's part and parcel of the game. You try and mitigate it the best you can, but I actually do enjoy the cards. Me too. Um, and if and they're, to... they're great for a knockabout as well. I mean, outside you know yeah. outside of, outside of comp, just a pick up game with the cards is lovely. Yeah. I think it puts everyone at ease because it's a little bit. It just adds that slight relax of you know, it's a bit of a random element, bit of a few things out of your control. That kind of I think that always takes the edge off a little bit. Um, but also, also fix fix thought... does exist in tenth. We've got literally playing with fix. You there's, can play with fix right now. People have, letting people have the choice, I think, is nice. If mm, yeah. anything, maybe even doing it where you can go right. I want to take out two specific cards because my list can't use them, and have yeah. like that sort of thing where there's a slight process of deck building, yeah. but not too much. This is one thing where, from the noises that I'm hearing amongst players that know these sorts of things, one prediction I would make for LGT is I think it is very, very plausible that in the upper reaches of the Invitational and in the upper reaches of the main event, we see lists running fixed, going into each other and fixed is, emerges as very much a done thing. It was starting with WTC. We saw bits of it in there, and I know top players are increasingly moving towards it. I expect we'll see a lot more of it at the very top of the game than we have previously seen in the last few events. I know from my perspective, I can reliably score seven points a turn I'm fixed, and that's like an I, idiot. Like an idiot. Yeah. So there, there's, there's very yeah. What a loser! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but what if you get capture enemy outpost and you can do it? And then yeah. like, I know. In the majority of my games, I can score 35 points on my second cruise. Yeah. Being fixed. Yeah. Now there is no way that you're going to be able to tell me that randomly drawing cards is going to get me that level of reliability in my scoring. No, no. It no does. It I does tend it. to come out around there a lot of yeah. the time. To be and, fair, and I say that's, that's <laughs> seven points a turn if yeah. I'm not actually getting into your deployment zone, which after turn two, turn three is, is relatively easy for me. So it means yeah. you don't have to adapt your game plan on the fly. Which yeah. is the biggest I can plan my plan yeah. my whole game from my deployment yeah. zone. Whereas we'll be like, oh great, I've drawn these cards. I want to be killing you, and now I've got to cleanse. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I've got to cleanse and investigate signals, but I need to kill you because you're in my face. Yeah, and yeah. that is where the um, that is where the problems come. Yeah, and there is there's still so much interaction between them, and I I, I do think it's a success because I was not expecting it, you to be able to have one player playing tactical, one player playing fixed. That came as a bit of a surprise to me, but it mm. it genuinely it seems to work. It does yeah. actually work. Um, and the interplay, the interplay fixed. between those can be really exciting and really interesting, right? Yeah. Because I'd um, argue my lists I'm building at the moment don't do fixed well because they're designed to do the the tactical, and mm -hmm. that's that's the purpose, right? I build my list knowing I've got to be flexible, 
but also yeah. it means my opponent doesn't know what I'm going to be doing as a grand strategy, yeah. other than those Deathwing Knights might go into the middle, and they might yeah. charge things, but you don't know. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's definitely the case that some armies do tend to lean towards fixed or have, have better tools for yeah. fixed than others, and this was always the way with faction secondaries as well. Faction secondaries were such a world of haves and have-nots and had to be changed so often that although I actually really enjoyed them and I liked what they were trying to do, I don't know for the comp game that bringing them back would be good. I don't think that it would. Because some of the primary missions do lean into it as well. If yeah. there's one that's only hold two, you sit on two objective and you cleanse them. Yeah. And if one of those is in the middle because there is a middle objective, teleport homers. Suddenly... Because yeah. those two are arguably the most like non-interactive options that you've got, yeah. right? You can homers and things. But even those involve being in places that are going to get you killed so there's not a kind of th this thing we had in ninth where you could literally be sat off someone barely fighting and just here comes my here comes my 90 <laughs> points right yeah. which was sending a text message funny, i'll be with you in a minute <laughs> funny as it was it was very silly right <laughs> yeah i'd really i really hope that people at the lgt and otherwise would enjoy playing against my tyrannies even though it's pretty well forecasted what they're going to do because you are just going to spend the whole game annihilating oh yeah tyrannid squads and you spend the bugs. whole game blasting me to pieces yeah and then we get to the end and i've got 100 points and you're like how the fuck did that happen <laughs> <laughs> i think people well, always tend to prefer the games where they kill a bunch of stuff and lose yeah. to they don't kill anything and lose yeah. in the main i know i do <laughs> There's no turn one tabling of me doing that to anyone else. So no. hopefully, regardless of how the five games go, there'll be five opponents that have at least vaguely enjoyed themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Brilliant. Right. Well, unless anyone has any last minute questions. I think we had a few in the questions chat. in the chat. Oh, yeah. Chat. Have you, have you uh, so tracked them down? I've kind of tracked them down. So um, Pickleax said thoughts on Windriders. Um, <laughs> I think Windriders... A cool is 240 points for nine guys that will shoot really well, and then you'll be always having to spend two CP to fire and fade. The issue is, as we said, once you get to that 240 point spend in um, in Eldar, you're competing against a lot of things. And I'm not sure whether they're the most points efficient expenditure um, for that particular thing. Um, and they do die just like that. Um, and they're going to some targets, but not into others. I'm not sure whether you could realistically spend that amount of points on. Um, and also, just fly in general's crap at those nine guys. That yeah. Lots of space. On denser boards, um, you're not gaining that kind of movement. Trying to get those angles is a bit tricky. So, I mean, they're not necessary for me. I wouldn't be. Are they infantry? Um, no, bikers. Mounted. Bikers. <laughs> Um, Sean had a question, I swear, about um, how many units is... Uh, when making a list, when is it too many units for secondaries? It's a great question. It's a great question. It does depend really a bit on the army. It does depend a bit on the army. I really like units that could do a secondary, but could also do something else. I don't tend to like anything that's just in a list for mm, a secondary. Yeah. So if we again take the Votan list I've just been running, the Warriors can do a secondary. They're also objective flippers because they have OC2. So they do two jobs. Can they shoot or kill anything? Absolutely not. But they can run around and do two jobs. Thunderkin, 75 points. You could walk them on and shoot a tank. You could also walk them on and do a, a job, and they're cheap enough. 
bikers, they go up, they come down, they can do secondaries, but also they can go and nick objectives because they've got enough guns that lightly defended points, they will hit them. Oh, I love them so much. They're so good. That was my Absolutely MVP. love them. Yeah, the, the, the bikers are really fun, right? And so what we've got there is a duality of roles. Um, it does vary army to army, but I really like things that can do a a couple of things yeah inceptors exactly the same right they can reach places they couldn't normally reach you could use that to score you could use that to go on the offensive um so that's really really nice so that flexibility um but it's i think it depends whether you're going fixed or tactical sean but you want to know what you're going to be trying to get your points from and then know okay how how many tools am i going to need to achieve those it does depend a lot on tactical or fixed but that's something we can definitely chat about if you guys got any thoughts on that I would be really interested to see if any of you can guess, including the five spore mine units that come down over the course of the game, how many units I have for scoring my secondaries in my list. Guess. 20. Squivo? I was going to say 18. 18. Chris, you've played the list. 17. Total is 22 units. Oh! My list on the weekend was eight units. <laughs> is it, Lewis, is it fair to say that all of those units also assist in the primary play? 100%, yeah. yeah. yeah definitely. So there's, again, there's the duality there. Okay, that, that's kind of what NIDs are doing, isn't it? It's it's a secondary game that, by extension, strangles the primary. That's what's yeah. scary about them. It's doing both at once. Yeah. yeah. And it's, Very nice. it's volume is the quality rather than it being a quality of the body. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. although interestingly enough, there are a few units in there that can be deceptively killy in the Thank right you. circumstances. You take the gene stealers, you take the lictors, you take the trigon, um, and actually, if you let them, they can do some work into the right targets. Yeah. Um, so they, they, they do pose interesting threats in and of themselves. Um, it's just, yeah, that's not really what they're there for. So if they then go and kill something, we've had a, we've had an absolute blast. Um, but they'll, they will go into other chaff units quite happily and rip them to pieces. Yeah. It's a tertiary um, role for them that they've got some flex if you need them to do something at least. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And they're all super fast or have deep strike or have infiltrate or can rapid ingress for free or can rapid ingress within three inches and things like that. Just allow them to be wherever they need to be on the board at any one time. 100%. Um, is Scrivo taking Dark Angels to LGT? If yes, why did you choose them? Go on, Scrivo. Uh, it's quite simple for me. Um, the last, I'd say a year now, I've been kind of focused mostly on them. I've had a couple of kind of dalliances with Necrons for team events and stuff, but because I took a break from my Orcs, at the beginning of the edition, I was like, right, until the Orc Codex comes out, they're going in my garage. I'm not relearning them and trying to do Dark Angels and spinning too many plates because every time I flip-flop between two armies, I don't do either well. Yeah. So I just went, right, doing this, and then when Necrons come in, I might pick them up and focus on them, but by then, I've probably got my new uh, Space Marine book, and that's probably just going to reinvigorate my focus even more and flip the kind of the script again. I have more choice there. So for LGT, I was like, I've got the reps in. I'll keep focusing on it, and I feel like I'm being rewarded for it at the moment, that yeah. I'm losing games still, but on the weekend, there was one game I lost because... Shadow in the walk was done to me. Scored no primary turn three. And I lost the game by two points. I lost by two points, but in my head of like, I'm playing teams, that's a draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a, yeah, it's a loss in a, in a GT. I'm like, cool, I've lost, but it's not like I got stoved in. So yeah. I feel like even though I'm not, 
always getting the win, there's things I could do. And like that that game, I looked at it and went, right, because of the way I've been reiterating my lists and tweaking them, it was actually a couple of weaknesses that I didn't have things to do things. So the units I wanted to kill stuff were needing to be also doing an action or going and standing somewhere they shouldn't be. So it made me kind of go, right, this repulsor that's 100, uh, 200 and something points, what can that be split into? And because I put the time in, I knew there was an answer to it. And I'm reiterating and I'm now feeling like I kind of, I've got a list that does the, the tactical thing well. And yeah, if I go into Chaos Knights or if I go into Custodians, I'll probably have a, a, a rough game and I'll probably lose closely, but it'll be better than if I'm trying to just shoot them to death and bounce, at least I've got the mission play. So yeah. because I've prepared myself, I know that each eventuality, I'm not going to be perfect, but I've played against, I want to say about 10 of the factions now with some iteration of the list I'm currently running. So I've got some experience. And so my personal data is actually better than it's probably been ever okay, in an agree. addition. Because I, I, know, I know how to face these armies that, like the first time I played World Eaters at um, Manchester, I lost quite comfortably because I just didn't know what they did well enough. And it was mm. embarrassing because it was, it was silly mistakes like shooting something, not quite killing it. They came yeah, towards yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You make that mistake once. Yeah, yeah. So. But I think that was that's why I've stuck to them, and that's why I'm taking them because it's like stick to something, improve on them, and if it doesn't shift, like I feel sorry for Chris because he's he's done that with with Elder, but he's had his plates just been flipped, and he's got to start from scratch almost. Mm. It's a tough life. Yeah, you so He knew what this was, but yes, no. I, you you're completely right. It's, it's, it's a, I think it's a good time. You've got a new book coming for Dark Angels. You've yeah. got a good set of units, good set of rules, and it's just and you you know you're you're harder and harder to put away with them, and that's, that's a great place to be. A couple of weeks time for Space Marines, and then March the um, timeline said for the Dark Angels book. So by that point, I'll have kind of bedded in with. That's it. It's the just gonna, you're just going to keep I'm getting just gonna new things. Yeah, so just I'm, keep I'm, getting. I know new I'm going to not get distracted, so it's just like cool. This yeah. is fine. And new toys. Yeah. Why not? And no sign of a Jakari book coming along to smack them like there was last time. It's just really sad. Oh, God. <sighs> cool. Do we have any other questions? Um, Brad says, I'd love to hear Lewis talk about the Norn trap more. So Lewis, Go on, Lewis. 30 seconds to tell everyone um, why the Norns are traps. I think <laughs> it's very predictable. So your opponent is knowing exactly what they're going to do. It's very easy to put, actually, when you think about it, 15 OC onto an objective. And... I don't think they're as resilient as everyone seems to think they are. I think if if people start using them en masse, people will very quickly work out how to kill them, and we'll just do it. Okay. Cool. That's my three points. There are a lot of points as well. That very I mean, they're, much, they're not, that very much describes a trap. Yeah. Yeah. They're not as expensive as I thought they might come out as, but they are not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so you can put a lot of points into putting 15 OC on an objective to have someone put 10 Space Marines on it and take it off. Okay, you're my oath, and then suddenly it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, that's it. Right, that is it. That was an extremely lively show, chat. So thank yes. you. It was yeah, lovely to have so many. Guys. Lovely to have so many people here commenting and getting involved. Really, really fun to be back. Really enjoying it. It's. Uh, I said. I think we're all a bit revitalised for tenth at the moment with LGT coming. I'm really excited for it. I've got some ideas for some stupid games involving trying to guess how our team's going to do at the LGT uh, for next time out. So we're going to do an LGT preview show 
We're going to have some attempts at predictions. We're not going to make any friends amongst ourselves and our own team. <laughs> but we'll have all our lists by then. When's, so yeah, when's list deadline? Is I it think it's sun, Sunday, Sunday night. Sunday. Sunday night. Is it Sunday. this Sunday? Sunday night, yep. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we really, really need to crack on with that. <laughs> oh, Chris, you look genuinely horrified. <laughs> if you had another week, it would be actually the event would be starting. And <laughs> Is it not soon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we strategize tomorrow, Chris. Don't worry. You too could be plan. a top player like us and finding <laughs> out that the event is in two weeks' time and you've done no prep. That, that's where we're at. That is, there you go. Jack's on your list. Wow. Double avatar, double wraith guard, two night spinners. I do think that probably is good. I do think we, that probably is. Night spinners still good, are they? We still oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. oh, don't, oh. Chris hates them. I, lo- I love a night spinner. I've gone from zero to two down to one in my lists at the moment, and it's oh, it's it's an interesting one. But so, yeah. sh- so should the chat next week write? In fact, should the chat write your list right now? I genuinely, there was one point <laughs> where I was like, what I'm going to do on YouTube is put like a vote up for like, <laughs> certain things. So I was going to be like, right. YouTube vote for whether I go Incarn or Avatar or both. Yep, do and it. And then the next thing was going to be like, do I go fire type one zero night spinners one night spinners two night spinners? <laughs> I was just going to go and I was just going to build a list. I genuinely almost did that. I'm that. <laughs> it's not it's not too late you have several days and you could do that <laughs> Sin- thank you Sindri by the way yeah thank you and lovely that you watched this live really glad you enjoyed it I hope we'll see you again um, so yeah I think yeah we'll, we'll be back we'll say we're back with our LGT preview Chris one way or the other will have worked out I'll have a list. and we will go through <laughs> we're going to have a huge number of people at that event so we're going to go through the list have a little natter about them maybe make some ill-advised bets on how different people are going to do um, and then we can come back and see how we all got, all got on bets. in the future no. yeah oh no tattoo bets not here <laughs> Oh, it's a surefire way to get a Votan tattoo, that. Um, <laughs> oh, like your buddy Jake? Like my buddy Jake, my best Thank pal. You. I do love Jake. He, I saw he's, his Instagram's lit up with Votan chat in yeah, the last couple of days. So that's that's what that's what a date slate can do. And you know, that's what we're all about. Brilliant. Right. going to let you all go. Thanks so much. We appreciate you all massively. And we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.